Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, uh, verses 10 through 13, we find the following words. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or necromancer. For all that do these things are but abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations the Lord thy God doth drive them out before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. And that passage reminds us that in Christ we have completion. Everything that we need in life comes from the essence of our Lord and the benevolence of his nature, which is thanks to us. And so God loves us so much, as he did in Genesis. Uh, There are things that God wants us to stay away from because he loves us. And he realizes that uh, because of the fall, there are areas in this reality that God does not want us to play with as Christians. And for our discussion today, we want to really deal with the uh, area of the occult and what the uh, subject area of occult entails and um, how we as Christians can grow closer to our Lord by not doing the things that can hinder us from a closer relationship. So for this episode, we invited a very special guest. Uh, She's a graduate of Southern Evangelical Seminary. Uh, She's also affiliated with the Christian's Answers for the New Age. She's taught all over the country on New Age and the occult. Uh, We want to welcome our dear sister, uh, Marsha Montenegro. Sister Marsha, how are you? Hi, Perseus. I'm doing Pretty well today. Thank you for having me on. Amen. Amen. And Sister Marsha has written a book. Uh, The book is entitled Spellbound, The Paranormal Seduction of Today's Kids. And so I just wanted the listeners to know that anybody can benefit from reading this book, whether um, you're dealing with children or for yourself. We know that this episode will be edifying to you. So my first question, Sister Marsha, is, What motivated you to write a book such as this? Well, to be honest, what motivated me is that I was contacted by someone from the publisher and asked to write a book. Um, Their idea was mainly for parents, uh, Christian parents, to guide them on the occult, what it is, how we see it in the culture, how to talk to children about it. And so uh, that's what <laughs> happened. It was it was very much out of the blue and totally unexpected when this happened. But uh, they were very specific about what they wanted. And so I ended up writing this book, and it covers the areas of the occult uh, and 
places we see it in the culture, how it's marketed often as entertainment or the concepts are marketed that way, and suggestions on how to respond uh, to children and even younger teenagers when they bring up certain questions or objections to maybe you forbidding a certain kind of game, for example, or something like that. So uh, the, the culture really has a lot of occult things or even even kind of, even if they seem harmless, kind of concepts connected to the occult. And a lot of people don't even recognize it. Amen. Amen. And uh, your book is pretty um, much reader-friendly in the sense that it's concise, it's clear, and it's uh, really easy to understand. So we thank you for that. Uh, my next well, question. Thank you. <laughs> my next question is: the word occult. Uh, you and I have already used it many times. Can you define that for our listeners who may not be familiar with that word occult? Yes, it's technically a Latin word meaning hidden, and the reason that term is used is because historically occult activities have been uh, not the norm. They, they aren't mainstream. They aren't the kind of thing that's taught as a regular practice. And so um, the word hidden is kind of like it's the hidden arts, and it deals with, with hidden powers and hidden meanings. So everything is sort of secretive in the occult, and you have to be taught. You have to be um, you know, trained by somebody who already understands it to learn it. So that's the idea behind the occult which is different from the word cult, mm -hmm. which, which, is a, which a lot of people um, either think those are the same words or they get them confused. Right. And a cult is usually an authoritarian group, usually religious, although it doesn't have to be religious. That's um, controlled by one person or a few people and exerts a lot of control and usually manipulation mm. on the followers. Mm. Um, so uh, that's a very broad sociological definition of cult. And there are cults that use the occult, so sure. you can find a mixture. But the occult is definitely different from cult. Thank you for that uh, explanation on, on the cult as well as cult. So there may be some listeners uh, or somebody listening to us right now, and, it, and they may be saying to themselves, what is the big deal? Why would you dedicate a whole episode to the occultic movement. What would you say that to that, Sister Marcia? Well, I would reply that, first of all, um, speaking as a Christian, mm -hmm. since God addresses these areas in the Bible, it should be something that we understand. We should understand what the occult is and why is God taking time to address it. The passage you read is, in Deuteronomy 18, is the only passage where all of the occult practices are listed, and it mm. really covers all of them. Mm. But there are other passages in the Bible, both the Old Testament and New Testament, that refer to single um, occult practices or maybe two or three together. So it's throughout the Old and New Testament. So that's one reason. Um, the second reason is that it has never gone away. Uh, it often changes, uh, the forms uh, change, the words change, the practices uh, may morph, you know, over over time. They aren't going to be exactly the same, 
but they still exist. For example, I think Hosea um, has a passage where it talks about um, throwing down um, throwing down sticks, I believe, or arrows. No, I'm sorry. I think it's arrows, um, it, which is a form of divination, and which I'm sure you've been asking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and so we don't really walk around the streets of the United States and see people throwing arrows down on the ground, but we see people uh, using other forms of divination like tarot cards right. uh, and astrology. So even though the way it appears, um, can be very different, the purpose and what's behind it is the same. So when you understand the concepts behind it, you can recognize it more readily. So based on your experience, uh, whether it's personal or people that you've had uh, experience with, can you give us a specific example of how the occultic world has, um, has hindered someone? Oh, yes. Um, actually, I can I can think of several. Um, uh, one I recall was a woman who uh, was very um, desperate for an answer. She was in a crisis in her life, and uh, I can't remember how she ended up going to an astrologer. If she decided, or someone told her about this astrologer, she went to the astrologer, mm-hmm. and the astrologer seemed to give her really good answers really good guidance, and this kind of hooked her to going to this this woman. And the woman would pray before she gave the advice and did the reading, which is is what it's called when you consult a psychic or astrologer or tarot card reader. They're doing what's called a reading, and which is what I used to do because I was an astrologer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, So this woman was feeling like she was getting this good advice and it was helpful and she really got kind of addicted to it and this this is one of the dangers Mm. um what broke her out of this is that i was talking about the occult to a youth group and her daughter was in the youth group and at the time i had handouts and uh all the teens got a handout and this uh teenage girl took the handout and showed it to her mother because she knew her mother was going to this astrologer. And this kind of really, you know, had an effect on the mother. I guess she was convicted or was afraid of what she was doing, and she ended up calling me. But actually what was going on is, is even though she thought she was getting good advice, her wife was actually not any better. Mm. It was, it's almost like a delusion where mm. she thought she was being helped, but she realized actually she was sort of trapped. Right. And very, very um, attached to getting this woman's advice. So I had to help her through that. And she did stop. She did eventually Praise stop. Praise God. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Now, other people, just to say real quickly, um, in other examples, what, hap- what tends to happen often is that the person will eventually lose the desire to read the Bible or go to church. Mm. And I think part of that reason is, is that they, they don't want to be convicted. They know if they go to church or read the Bible, they might come across something that shows what they're doing is wrong, and they don't want to do it. So they kind of just withdraw. So that's another danger. You know, I do appreciate you sharing those examples with us, because ultimately uh, the reason why you and I are both doing this episode is because we don't want the devil to, uh, through his ploys, to uh, 
hinder people from growing closer to God and thus them being hurt. Uh, and more right. more importantly, just to uh, live in an existence where they're dependent on the creation rather than the creator. So we thank you for sharing those examples with us. So my next question is, what is the paranormal? Yes, the paranormal um, is a word the, uh, the people who asked me to do the book wanted to use that word rather than supernatural. Now, supernatural is, is a similar word. Um, it, it means beyond paranormal, beyond the norm, beyond uh, what we can normally learn or see through our five senses. And the way we get information is through the normal five senses, um, the way we learn things, what we see in the world, mm. you know. it's uh, We're just seeing the visible material world. I mean, of course, those indwelt by the Holy Spirit have a supernatural guidance that way. But the paranormal in this sense has to do with the occult. It has to do with trying to tap into something beyond the normal that is not for us to do. It's, it's going into a realm that God has told us not to go into because we aren't adept at dealing with the invisible world. Mm-hmm. We're, not, we're not cut out for that. We're supposed to trust God with that. God deals with that world. So um, it's, it's that the paranormal in this sense refers to going into the supernatural world of the occult because it is connected to the supernatural, although it, it has a very material side. You know, like a Ouija mm-hmm. board is, mm-hmm. is, a, is a material object. Now, the board itself, there's nothing special about the board itself. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have powers. Nobody has to be afraid of a Ouija board, you know. Um, it just, I mean, I travel around with them when I, uh, to use when I speak to youth groups, and it's not like some, something um, evil is going to happen to me because I have a Ouija board. It's when you do a practice. If I sit down with a Ouija board and try to contact the dead with it, then that's another, that's another thing. That's when you cross the line. So I just want to point out that we need to make a distinction between the material objects and tools of the occult and the actual practice and intention that's going on when using them. Thank you so much um, for sharing that with us. My next question is, um, what is divination then? Yes, divination, a really good word to know because there are so many forms of it. Divination is often called fortune-telling. And so most people have heard that word, and they'll think of maybe a psychic, you know, or a tarot card reader, and and they are what people call fortune tellers. Divination is a better word. It's the word uh, used in most versions of the Bible. And by the way, uh, different translations will often use different words. So what you read, which I guess was from the King James, correct? Correct. Correct. Yeah. So if you read it in the New American Standard or the NIV or a more modern, uh, another version, you're going to not see the exact same words, and that's because the Hebrew words um, don't have a one-on-one translation into English. Mm-hmm. But the, the, it's basically they're all accurate in what they're saying because um, you can use different words. So divination is usually trying to get information beyond the normal means, so either you're trying to read a hidden meaning into maybe an image 
or into a number or into the planets like an astrologer looking at the lineup of the planets at your birth Mm -hmm. so you're trying to you are reading a hidden meaning there that's not apparent or the lines on your hand like palm reading tea leaf reading another example there's so many Um, another form of divination is where you are getting information just in by some kind of power that you think is supernatural so like maybe a psychic thinks that he or she has a special ability to get information just put into their head you know when they're doing a psychic reading and they're trying to get this information about you but it's not the normal way so that's another form of divination those are the two main forms where i think most people are familiar with the you know tea leaf reading and card reading and everything and just there's so many actually i have an article on my website christian answers for the new age.org called divination mm-hmm. and i have a, a short list there of all the different kinds of divination <laughs> um and uh there's just more than most people would realize so then how should um believers because uh, you also talk about in the book uh that exposing ourselves to the occultic things in the, in the occultic world is not uh, just uh, something that, that we can gloss over, but more so we need to be careful in terms of our level of exposure to things that are occultic. So things like uh, I know now they tr- they're trying to make the uh, occultic realm popular. So you have shows like Hollywood Mediums and uh, even mm-hmm. in my neighborhood, there's palm reader signs. And so our society, in their attempt to become more pluralistic, uh, is becoming more ungodly. So how should we as Christians uh, react to these, these type of shows and entertainment? Right. That's a, that's a really good question because there is so much um, on uh, TV and in movies, you know, in entertainment and for children as well. Um, you look at all the shows about haunted houses, you know, and haunted hotels and ghost ghost hunters and all those kind of things. Um, what this does, in my in my view, is that it can feed a sort of morbid curiosity mm. uh, because a lot of people find this stuff fascinating. Sure. Uh, even some Christians. Now, a lot of Christians are completely turned off by it, and they won't have anything to do with it. It, it just it actually, you know, just makes them almost ill, like, oh, I can't stand to watch a show about a psychic. But a lot of people have this kind of natural curiosity or even an intense interest in it. And and when you see that interest, you find it kind of growing for more. You tend to want more and more and more. And I believe that over time that that can desensitize you so that you tend to take it lightly and you tend to dismiss it. And that can lead into a situation maybe where, where you don't recognize what you're dealing with. Mm. And you can get caught up in it and and not even realize it. Because the occult, although in some cases it's very obvious, like a sign for a palm reader, mm-hmm. in other cases it's not so obvious. It's much more subtle. So, you know, there's. Uh, let me just give an example. Now, this may sound silly, but... You know, a lot of times people hold pendulums and ask questions and see which way the pendulum moves. Mm-hmm. This is actually used in some forms of alternative healing that are in the church. There mm-hmm. are Christians who actually do this. They may say it's the Holy Spirit, but of course, that's not how we 
<laughs> That's right. not what the Holy Spirit does. Right. <laughs> but, you know, this is how they justify it. And that's a form of divination because you are expecting, you are thinking some power is going to move that pendulum and give you the right answer. Somehow, you know the pendulum itself, whatever it is, it could be a pencil on a string. A mm-hmm. pencil doesn't have a brain and it can't know anything. But so if you're asking a question, you're asking it to some kind of unknown power. Right. And that's, and that's where you cross the line, and it seems very innocent. Um, it seems almost like a fun game to do sometimes, but it's not. It's it's divination. So uh, we shouldn't be scared and constantly looking over our shoulder, but we should be aware that the culture is very open to these things, and we see it in children's literature where witches and vampires and, and creatures, uh, well, people who do those kind of things. I was thinking of creatures like vampires. Um <laughs> do, uh, you know, are, are even the heroes. So uh, that's another thing to be aware of with for parents because this makes what, this makes something that God calls evil look good. Mm. And that's the main, that is the main, that is my main point in my book is right. that we can't avoid, I mean, you can see a movie about somebody evil and then they're, you know, captured by the police or whatever. So it's not glorifying evil, but when there's, something about someone evil getting away with it or who's actually the hero, right. then you have a whole other issue there. And that's that's my point with these kind of entertainments. Amen. Amen. It, it, it's such a rich topic, um, but just as important because there are so many people inside the church, outside the church, that are being deceived by the enemy. And your book is a vital instrument to us combating the stronghold that the enemy has on a lot of people. Once again, the book is called Spellbound, uh, The Paranormal Seduction of Today's Kids. But as I stated, adults can benefit from it also. So Sister Marcia, thank you so much for being on Sound Reasoning. And we pray that our paths cross again. Well, thank you. I, I also pray that. I really appreciate having this time with you. Thank you. Amen. Have a good day. That's Sister Marsha Montenegro. Again, uh, her book is Spellbound, The Paranormal Seduction of Today's Kids. And um, you can reach out on her website as she uh, listed uh, to obtain it, or you can even get it from Amazon. It's very important that we, as believers, stand on the words that God has given us. One of the vital mistakes that Israel constantly made was to deviate from the instructions that God gave to them, as in Deuteronomy 18, when he told them to not engage in these practices, but yet when they got to the promised land, uh, some seemed to have spiritual amnesia. But God loves us, and as a good doctor, as the great doctor, God prescribes to us uh, instructions that are beneficial for us to stay spiritually healthy. So he warns us about engaging in divination and the paranormal, and those things that are within their realm. So if you know someone that's struggling, uh, please encourage them to turn to the Lord and to turn to the Word of God. And remember to always do for the truth what so many other people do for a lie. Uh, Stand firm on the tenets of Christianity.
Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with Apologist and Minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy messages has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Once in a generation, a podcast comes along with the power and eloquence to inspire us all. This show will entertain you while you wait for that one. Join two best friends, author and former history teacher John Driver and comedian Johnny W. for hilarious and authentic conversations about life, history, culture, faith, and everything in between. You can listen to Talk About That wherever you find your podcasts or at lifeaudio.com.